A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and we are uh, less than 24 hours since uh, England once again relied on Big Ben Stokes to see them through to victory. What a game it was. What a day. And not just for Jarrett Kimber who turned 40, for the uh, thousands of England fans who were there cheering on the England team. We're going to look back a little bit of that uh, here from the coach Chris Silverwood and you will have your chance to listen back to Ramesh Ranganathan and Rob Beckett when they took to the airways to try their hand at cricket commentary. All that and more here on the Talk Sports following on podcast. Bats, we've uh, we've done this show, you know, and Jared Kim is going to be part of this as well. Sam Ellis around the table, he's not going to be talking, but we've done this show following on podcast from next to WG Grace's Cemetery in Penge. Um, from your house, Bats, somewhere in South London, just in case anyone <laughs> realises you're out the country and wants to take a, bit, <laughs> take a trip there. And now, here we are in Cape Town, in your backyard, swimming pool behind us, um, sitting around a, a marble uh, table, just had some lovely, uh, lovely tucker, and looking back at what's been a, a brilliant 24 hours for England. Um, have we all calmed down yet after what we saw yesterday? I think just about the uh, the hangover is just kicking in for most people, and I don't mean a, a drinking hangover. I just think the emotion of the day was uh, it was unbelievable. I remember walking past you with about 25 overs, going, I, th- "I think this is done. I think it's going to be a draw." And um, to end up it, to end up as we were, um, with time to spare, um, and the game being blown open. I suppose it was Joe Denley that blew the game open with the with the wicket. Um, I was on comms at the time, and I, I thought it was a pretty average delivery. Um, but it just shows that um, the real fight and the determination of this England team, which, do you know what, Chris Silverwood needs to be t- starting to take some credit because it's very early days, but you can see they've got a bit of steel about them. They've got some real commitment uh, to the shirt. And, and the way that they just kept banging away to a man in the field, they were great. And obviously, there are going to be some heroes who come out of it. And Ben Stokes is always top of the tree with that. But um, I thought Dom Sibley was brilliant. Um, it really has been a 
one of the best five-day test matches you're ever going to see because it went to the very last session and that is why test cricket is so good. It tests you, tests your body, tests your mind um, and, and it takes you to the brink. And um, I think everybody involved in it, whether you're a supporter, a player, um, a part of the media like us, I think everybody's just a bit drained from it but slightly, uh, slightly, st slightly still happy about it and smiling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mark Butcher, for one, he was, he was bouncing off the roof. Uh, yesterday, he was so enthused by what he was uh, commentating on. He absolutely loved what we saw, uh, and hopefully, you back home you, listening in, you uh, you enjoyed it as well. Uh, Chris Silverwood, who played for the Talksport team today at Newlands, as did two of his sons, uh, one of which took three wickets, aged eight. Uh, two members of the Barmy Army team unfortunately fell by the wayside in one over. Sam Ellard being one of them. Um, Caught up with Guy Swindles very shortly after, and really, you can just hear how much he enjoyed coaching England to victory for the first time. Did you keep believing? I think we did, to be fair. I mean, we had a, obviously a talk just, I mean, just as up before we went back on at tea, and um, we said, you know, I mean, we just need a little bit of magic here. Who's going to do it? And, you know, I mean, we all went out there, worked hard, and there was some magic out there, and there we are, we got the five wickets we needed. And there was some magic. Joe Denley with his first two test wickets. Absolutely. There was stuff happening. There was stuff happening and he got two good ones as well. Uh, and obviously but there's, there's all sorts going on. I mean, the, the, the catches that Crawley got, absolutely crucial. Uh, but I think we've seen all the way through the test. You know, there's some special things happen. Jimmy and his five foot. Sibley getting, obviously, his first test hundred. Stokes, his five catches. Uh, the way that Pope batted in that first innings. Uh, there's a lot of really good things come out of this. As a coach, it was so frustrating that first match because when we talked to you before, the, just at the beginning of the trip, you said, yeah, we'll be ready for the first test yeah. and then everything that could go wrong did go wrong. How are you feeling now? Yeah, a lot better, if I'm honest. <laughs> it, it was. I mean, it's been a tough couple of weeks, uh, you know what I mean? So to come out and just to see the team put a performance like that together, I thought, you know, in the field, I thought they were fantastic. Uh, the energy levels were up all the time. I mean, it helps that you've got, I mean, four people under the age of 22 out there. Uh, so there's no excuse for not having energy. But even the older guys, you know, diving around, putting a shift in, uh, and I thought they were all fantastic, and I'm really proud of all of them. Chris Silverwood with Guy Swindles, uh, who was uh, heading off. Uh, Guy was part of the team for the first two test matches and would be a sorely missed member of the side uh, we went out and celebrated with uh, uh, we had a really good night actually here in Cape Town it was uh, Jared's 40th birthday and um, you know no one enjoys watching England win more than he so that was uh, just the icing on the cake really but yeah I mean it's great for Chris because you know at one point the cameras went up to the dressing room it was I'll tell you when it was it's just after lunch and the cameras panned up to the dressing room the England dressing room and at that point England were quite in control of the game and you can imagine Chris Silver just sitting there thinking, well, I'm actually going to, I'm going to coach England to a win here. Fast forward a couple of hours and they come out after tea and the faces, Joe Root's face at first slip, very different. Five wickets needed, a lot of work that needed to be done. Um, so yeah, good for England. And from our perspective, one all with two to play. Uh, that's, uh, that's all good. That's great. Um, one quick question. Ben Stokes, rightfully man of the match, or do you think Dom Sibley should have got it? Tough call. I must admit, I was I was sat up um, in the commentary box as they were naming man of the match, and I was saying Dom Sibley, um, but I'd forgotten about the five catches Ben Stokes caught. So literally, he was so influential uh, in that innings where he caught five, and then he, I think he caught one or two in the second innings as well. Um, he just missed the cricket. He's taken over from Mike Hussey. I mean, he's just all over the place, catching, bowling, batting. 
Uh, he did turn the game on its head with that 72 in, in 47 balls. That morning, he really took it away from South Africa. Um, and it, I suppose he ended up fully getting us over the line with the three wickets at the end. So, yeah, I mean, he's rightly man of the match, but uh, Dom Sibley didn't really put a foot out of place for 133. He's made an 100. Um, and knowing Sibs, he would have had a very, very, very uh, inner glow about him last night and he would be very proud um, and hopefully he will grow from strength to strength but uh, like the great man Ben Stokes he just keeps getting better and better Absolutely, thank you very much Bats I mean thinking about the way Ben Stokes performed with you know bat and ball reminds me of myself a little bit today with the Barmy Army <laughs> talk sport game unfortunately uh, not with uh, the fielding. Jared Kimber, I'm walking around the, the, to the other side of the table. Uh, we're going to listen back to a section on the show where we were visited by two two guys from the UK who haven't got a great uh, deal of uh, knowledge of our beautiful game, uh, Romish Ranganathan and Rob Beckett, uh, and they tried their hand at cricket commentary. I suppose cricket commentary, as much as the game itself, is why we're here right now. Not just because we're employed to do that, but because it's what we love about the, the sport, isn't it? There's something about cricket commentary that I think, I don't know. It, I don't know if it can transcend the sport, but it's certainly something that we, uh, we all have our favourites. We all grew up following it, either on radio or on TV. What about you as a kid growing up in the, in the burbs? Who were the, who were the great names that you used to listen to? Well, Jim Maxwell is obviously the really famous one from Australia, but weirdly, Tim Lane was the one that uh, I always thought was incredible. And Tim Lane was a cricket commentator and a football commentator, so he'd do half and half. Um, and he was brilliant. And uh, and then he left, and Jim sort of took over the main sort of role. Um, uh, Kerry O'Keefe's always been one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Because Kerry O'Keefe, I like, but now he's on Big Bash TV commentary. It just seems to force it a little. He, he's always on, you know? What I love about Bumble, for instance, he knows when to be on and when to be straight. I think when Kerry's at his absolute best, he's brilliant at talking about spin, bowling and tactics in cricket. He's also quite good at um, biomechanics. He was one of the earlier guys that was involved in, in a sort of biomechanics uh, tr uh, coaching in the academies. But uh, he also can be funny. I, I, there's a thing with, with, com you know, with commentary to be good at commentary in cricket. It's completely different than every other sport. You know, in most sports, you just need to be able to call the action as clearly and as concisely and, you know, go up when you need to go up and go down when you need to go down. I don't know why I did that with my voice, but you understand what you I mean. The listeners won't realise you did it with your hand as well. I did do it with my hand. Doing case, it now. In case you can't hear it properly. Um, I really wanted to act it out. I wanted you to feel the moment. Um, but, but cricket is really more of a conversation. You know, and so the best cricket commentators are usually those who um, can hold really good conversations. And it's a completely different. I mean, maybe golf is the only other sport that you kind of get something like that. And and who listens to golf on the radio? Who are these people? I don't want to meet them. Um, and, you know, cricket commentary ends up being the soundtrack of summer in, you know, Australia and England. And, you know, it used to be in Asia as well. They used to play um, cricket commentary um, at the train stations in, in Sri Lanka. Back in the day, um, which if you didn't like cricket would have been really bad for you, but for for us that would be I ideal. So I th I think it has a special special place, and it is a really interesting art form in itself, and it's not something that's easily taught, um, but though you can learn it over time. And, and what did you think of our guests when they came in? I found that Rob Beckett was funnier because he clearly knows nothing about cricket, and he, he reminds me of me when I talk about cars. Um, but Romesh kind of knew a little bit too much. Yeah, well, from a funny point of view, that didn't really work, did it? But it, it's, it, it's, 
interesting that he hadn't seen a lot of cricket and obviously, you know, his father was a fan. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, his father was a fan. But the the very basics of it, he's probably heard it in the background so much. My my, uh, my former neighbours, they, they moved away um, and they send me messages when they listen to TalkSport and they've got a, a eight-year-old little girl and she despises cricket, right? Hates it with a passion. And that they and they're always listening to TalkSport when they're driving around. There's no doubt, though, in 10 years' time, she could probably do some cricket commentary just because the very basics have seeped into her brain. Um, and you see that sometimes, you know, when you get a, a, a celebrity, those guys are a little bit different because they're not cricket fans. But you get a celebrity cricket fan on sometimes and they almost seep into... The, the sort of pattern of cricket commentary because it is almost so, so you know ingrained in in it because it's such a big part of the sport. You know the greatest moment in, in Australian cricket history. I, I think it was when Shane Warne pulled level with Murali and the leading wicket takers, and um, uh, Channel Nine had already gone to Wheel of Fortune. Well, it's very similar in England when Graham Thorpe reached three hundred and uh, they'd gone to the horse racing. So there's so much. We're the same, but we're different. It's uh, superb. I tell you what, if you're a big fan of Robbish Ranganathan and Rob Beckett, and you're only listening to this podcast to listen to them do commentary, uh, sorry for keeping you, but uh, yeah, this is how it went. So who is it, Ramesh? Is it you uh, or is what, it Rob? What would you want to do? Rob? I, don't, I don't mind going. Okay, go on. Is then. it Rabada? Good luck. Good luck. Cajiso Rabada. I'll just go with Rabada. I'd say at this point, I don't want to get um, cocky. So he's a. Uh, He's, he's having a he's having a think about it. They're getting into position. There are a number of players across the field in different places, and uh, he bowls a very fast one at someone, and yeah, he connects, and that's a single. Solid, solid, solid bat there. And Darren, what do you think of that? Yeah, excellent shot there. Rabada just trying to ball that tight off stump line. Yeah. To Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes surprisingly now is pushing just one. I mean, after playing some unbelievable, extravagant shots so far this morning, he just decided to come one and give Dom Sibley the strike again. Yeah. And so do you think he could have uh, gone for it? Gone for a big six there? Well, I think he's, well, the way he's been playing, he's been playing some fantastic shots. And um, I think now the field's set, set back, so he's just going to push the one. OK, so Rabada coming in for his second bowl of the over. Another fast one. True to form. Uh, he just jumps out of the way of that one. Caught by number 12 <laughs> with a little green cap on. And uh, expecting Rabada to go again. <laughs> Absolutely. Say as you see it. I think that's fantastic. I mean, what else do you want from it at this stage, Goffey? Listen, You're here for the info. I'm, I'm just describing what's happening. Well, Rob, there is that crack outside off stump, which I think... Yeah, I did notice the... that, yeah. <laughs> is that normal, to have a crack in the floor? Uh, not really, I think, with the, oh, the yeah. sun beating down onto the wicket. Potentially subsidence. You won't want to build near a mountain. Anyway, third big fast one coming at him. Let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, uh, again, I don't know what happened there, but someone's caught it. Goffey. So what happened there is that line again just outside off stump. Yeah, okay. The crack starting to open up with the sun beating down onto the pitch. Again, that's two balls in a row now. We've seen rise sharply from Rabada. Hit the splice of Dom Sibley's bat, who I thought actually played the ball quite well and it scooped yeah. out to the gully region. So Rabada coming in for his next one. Sibley plays it away to his left there fairly safely. Gets a single. Beautiful work from him. Whoa, hang on a minute here. Yeah, do I need to back that up? Absolutely spot on. Fantastic oh, yes. analysis. Rabada runs in. It's just a leg side delivery. Just clipped off the leg of Dom Sibley. Where he's been so strong uh, throughout this test match, Dom Sibley, on anything that drifts onto leg stump. Yes, uh, England feeling looking very, very comfortable here as... Uh, as the score ticks on, we're all wondering what they're gonna what they're gonna do. The strategy is unknown to us. We can only guess, uh, and I would guess with very little knowledge if it was me. 
Uh, Rabada comes in for his next delivery. Is he getting frustrated? We'll see. Oh! Straight down his throat there. Unbelievably grabbed for it, but to no avail. <laughs> Am I watching a different game? <laughs> it was a short ball from Rabada. It was a puncher, almost tried to pull from Ben Stokes. But he didn't quite catch it. He went back past the bowler. He got one run for it. Yeah, he did. It was sort of down his throat. England on 292 for four. They lead by 338 uh, as Rabada steams in again. Oh, he's left that. He's left that. There's no, there's no, there's no buffet ball there. Very tight. No point going for that. You're still on the air, Ramesh. Uh, and uh, that's the the end of the over. Uh, They're all wandering they, off, aren't they? There's a drinks break. It's a drinks break. There's a robot on the pitch. There's What's drinks, that? Drinks break and a segue. It's a segue. Uh, uh, yes, they're having a little bit of a break. Coffee. Yeah, it's time for drinks here at the Newlands. They're having a short break. What other sports uh, guys do you have a, a drinks break every every hour? <laughs> This is the kind of sports I'd like to get involved with, I think. It's, it's not... I, like, I, I tell you what, I'm a big fan of drinks and meal breaks. That's that's one of the big things of cricket for me. I love it. Will it be strictly drinks, or may they pop back a little snack at this stage? Oh, yeah. Jelly beans, bananas. Oh. Go for a jelly bean and a banana. Not at the same time. No. It's one or the other. Yeah. No one's bo boshing back a banana and three jelly, be yeah, jelly beans, you, are you, they? You can't have a uh, burger and chips at this, this stage, or a pint. Um, it tends to be rehydrate, doesn't it? A little bit of that and a little bit of water. Uh, the England players, the tactics, the two guys in the yellow bibs. Um, you can't see it, obviously, because we're on radio, but the yeah. two guys come out with yellow bibs. They're going to be, uh, they're the substitutes, and basically they might relay some tactics that come from the captain, Joe Root, telling him how they want to play. South Africa are having a huddle and discussing how bad a morning they've had so far, because it's not been a good morning for South Africa, no. has it? No, it has not. And it's, it feels very delicately poised, Goffey. If, if you were in charge, what would your thinking be on, on in England? How many runs do they need to get up on the board before they can uh, hand over? Well, I think they've got enough now. But I, Hand uh, over? Yeah, hand over. Declare. 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 That's the one. And yes, yeah. um, how yeah. do you think we got on with the commentary? Could you give us some feedback? It was a start. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely. I think um, a few, a bit more knowledge on the field positions from you, Rob. Okay, sure. Okay. That's it. Uh, lots of men on the boundary doesn't really convey to the listener. Because mm. remember, you've got to be the listener's eyes. Sure. Okay. When you start commentary, you need to imagine some family members in a room that you're describing the action to. Imagine so people you know, friends and family, mm. that's mm. where you start. Then you add some strangers, then you add some neighbours, then you add some, some real blind people into this imaginary room that you're okay. talking what to. What so you Sounds are like the there. worst stag do ever. Sounds rammed. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Ramesh and Rob on TalkSport 2 doing their uh, their cricket commentary. That pretty much brings us to the end of the show, but not before we get involved. Uh, Sam Ellard, who you know one day will be all of our bosses. Uh, Sam, just a quick word about the Barmy Army. Uh, yeah, it is raining. You don't need to point to the sky. Um, quick word about the TalkSport Barmy Army game. Talk us through. I mean, yeah. we you you are very good at talking the talk. You walk the walk today with your uh, your not quite slow left arm, but me medium left arm. How do you think your bowling went? I bowled well. I had to beg the captain for the new ball. Um, I thought I bowled with control, accuracy. I didn't go for many runs. I thought I got off to a really good start. Uh, I thought I was probably the best bowler on the team. Um, but the other bowlers didn't back me up. And the Barmy Army, they were organised. It was, it was a cup final for them, wasn't it? You know, We've had five days hard at work. Mm -hmm. There was a cup, cup final for them, wasn't it? 
Cup final for them. And do you know what? They performed, they delivered, but it was most importantly for a good cause. And also, we got to play cricket at Newlands, which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. What's it like uh, getting dismissed by an eight-year-old? Yeah, not great. He he had a little bit of skid though, didn't he? You know, you know, no, he did. No, he did. He did. And his dad, his dad is Chris Silverwood. So obviously, Chris has coached him, helped him. So I I come in the bat after Sam, and I walk out and I say, you know, can I can I grab the gloves or the box or whatever I needed? And he goes, well, mate, it's doing so much out there. And I was like, you're standing off the pitch. You couldn't even see the ball. You were swinging so hard. No, he he. The kid was good. The kid's gonna be a, the kid's gonna be a star. The kid is going to be a star. We had his brother. He wasn't as good as him, though. So, you know, that was that was the issue that we had. We got given the wrong brother, I think. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, we, you end on a high and you end leaving the audience wanting more. Um, so I will leave it there. Thanks to Barmy Army for inviting us. And, yeah, amazing to be able to say uh, played at Newlands. Uh, that's pretty much it for today, but we'll be back tomorrow with another lunchtime offering from the Test Match and exclusive player interviews. Subscribe and review at Acast iTunes and Spotify. And thanks for listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.